This program is a paid commercial announcement from Jacob Media Partners and does not reflect the views of WPHT or its management. The International Brotherhood of Electrical Workers, Local Union 98, is a proud sponsor of The Labor Show with J. Doc and Krause every Saturday night from 6 to 8 p.m. IBEW Local 98's highly trained and superbly skilled electricians are the best in the business, setting the highest safety standards in the electrical industry. So when you're planning your next industrial, commercial, or residential project, choose an IBEW Local 98 union contractor. Learn more at IBEW98.org. Now on Talk Radio 1210, WPHT, WPHT, HD, WOGL, HD3, Philadelphia, The Labor Show. Doc and Krause. If we don't move in our own direction, we're going to become extinct. In fact, in some cases, we're close to being extinct right now. Presented by the law offices of Pond, Lee Hockey, Giordano. Talk, listen, and speak to the region's most influential leaders. This is a special edition of The Labor Show with J. Doc, Krause, and John Doherty. Welcome in, everyone, to the John Doherty Hour. Breaking news as we come on the air live here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT as we referenced in hour number one and talked about breaking news. Now that breaking news confirmed John Doherty, and we can share with the listening audience um, AFL-CIO President Richard Trumka will join you on Saturday night, July 31st. Big breaking news to kick off your hour tonight, my friend. Yeah, that's a big deal, it's especially with, you know, this presidency and President Biden. And uh, uh, he is a gigantic player in the labor movement. He has been a gigantic player in the labor movement for decades. Um, it's funny, I go way back. He, we're close to the same age. Uh, he took over the United Mine Workers Union around the same time that I started out in Local 98. And he was pretty much a big deal then. You know, they were much bigger and way more active, and he, there was a massive strike going on at the time. And he was in the middle of it. He's one of the most articulate people, including all the Jewish meanies and all the people that we've had in the labor movement. You know, he will go down as one of the most articulate and most effective labor leaders. Uh, he's from Pennsylvania. He's a good friend of ours. He's a good friend of mine. And uh, it's amazing. He calls me. Out of the blue, it was less than, when we set this up, it was like 7.30 in the morning. He just called to see how Silly was doing. Okay, out of the clear blue. You know, he said, hey, just wanted to make sure, see how, how Silly's doing. Are you doing all right? What's going on? What's happening in Philly? I mean, here's a guy that's in every single conversation with the president about people who go to work. Okay, so we're going to have him for the whole hour. He told me he's looking forward to it. I haven't been dealing with anybody. A couple, you know, Frank Keel and a couple people have been with his advance team, and he's all over the country. And, again, he's in the White House every week, you know. I mean, every time they, they come up with an issue yesterday about, you know, with tech companies and some the, the, the mandate from the president to try to make things more competitive and fair. And, and I mean, they go right to Rich Trump guy for a comment. And, and he's sharp, and, again, he's... I've been in his company multiple times. I can tell you a couple different stories, but the one thing you need to know about him is, one, he's always had, okay, he's always had a foot in the future. And I like to say you have one in the past, you know, foot in the past and two in the future. Well, that's Rich Trumpka. He's helped us not, okay, there were some really difficult times. And as one of your advertisements say, you know, extinct. 
you know, he helped us stay, you know, omnipresent. You know, we, we've done it from some days when we weren't, you know, at our best. He did a great job. And it's funny, I had dinner with him in Philadelphia one night with a whole bunch of people that most of the people in the Northeast Corridor would think were really powerful and really talented. And we're having dinner at a restaurant in Philadelphia. And one of them just started rambling. <laughs> she reached over and said, yo, that's not why we're here. Save that for later. Well, the whole table shut up. It was funny. That respect factor and uh, the fact that, you know, he's a serious guy with a serious mission, and he knows where he's at in life. He knows he's a little bit older. He knows he has the ability to influence people, and he has a great partner in this president. And this hour should be good. You know, this hour should be better than good. This hour should be something where, uh, I mean, he's, he's, he's a funny guy. He's witty. He, he sports. He's a hunter. He's, I mean, he's got a million good things to talk about. And I expect him to be unplugged. And I'm yeah, looking I, forward to it. You know, I think it'll be the best hour we've ever had here. Well, I, it's definitely going to be a historic hour, John. No question about it. There's I'm, a big difference between, uh, I mean, a conversation and, and being unplugged. Well, wow. how about this? J-Doc, that's going to be a great hour of radio. So. Well, uh, you, know, you just said a mouthful there. An hour with the president of the AFL-CIO, the national AFL-CIO, uh, an, inv- an individual that is largely responsible for the, 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 the pro-union sentiments across the country now. Uh, you know, he's, he's uh, very charismatic, as passionate as the day is long. I, uh, John, in, an incredible job. One of the things that I think is, is, is great about President Trump, we're talking right now to the business manager of the Philadelphia Building Trades, one of the most influential labor leaders across the country, John Doherty. Rich Trumpka, is, you know, is, 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 uh, understands and he balances private unions and public unions, construction unions across, the, you know, government unions across the board. He, he does a phenomenal job understanding everybody's challenges across the board, and we're getting him for a full hour. Uh, John, I literally cannot wait. Uh, to your to hear your conversation and obviously be involved with that um, such a big big booking and it, it couldn't be more excited about it I think everybody can 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 say the same thing uh, fantastic job one of the reasons we need this radio show this hour these two hours okay is because nobody really understands what we do and they don't understand or realize the magnitude of what some of these labor leaders in this region. Now, you don't hear a lot about Rich Trumpkin inside the Philadelphia market because you've got a lot of strong individual labor leaders led by Pat Eiding, who's the lead head of the Philadelphia film, CIO. Yep. Uh, you know, and Pat's been around a long time, and he's, well, you know, he's well-versed, and you know, he's very articulate, and he's very aggressive, and, and he's a good friend and a good ally of mine. But um, he... You know, so we don't see rich, but we get them. Just like, and, and it's funny, staying in the asbestos worker lane that Pat, that's what Pat Eiding does by, you know, trade. Stevie Pettit, who now runs that union, local union 14, and an absolute gentleman, and an absolute, when he's somebody behind the scenes. Look, you can't do my job without having people like Stevie Pettit. Okay, Stevie Pettit said to me on Sunday, he said it was 4th of July, he wished me, and of course, checked in and make sure everybody's okay. Uh, happy fourth. And then he said to me, John, you know what? Think about this. He said, we had, okay, the labor secretary for the country who was a labor leader, the head of the Boston building trades, who was a mayor, the mayor of Boston in Philadelphia all afternoon, unplugged Eden Hoagies up on North Broad Street at a laborer's new facility, which was beautiful. And he said, 
and he had a son. He said, John, he said, that don't get any better if you're in our world. The head of the Labor Department for the country, a labor leader picked by a labor-friendly president, and we were able to talk about it last night. Most people would have never heard or knew he was even in town. You know, Richard Trump comes in and out of Philly, but people don't get a chance to hear him. But it's one of the reasons, Joe, where I say you've got to do a better job of marketing in these two hours, and we've got to get more people uh, to participate with, you know, marketing here and letting people know that this hour, these two hours are going to lead to a dynamic podcast, which we're, you know, we just, we're probably going to unleash by Labor Day, which we'll, we'll say a little bit of everything, you know? And I mean, when I say a little bit of everything, I, I mean a little bit of everything, you know? We'll, we'll talk about good restaurants. We'll talk about union-friendly restaurants. We'll talk about sports. We'll talk about if the Philly should, you know, buy or sell or should sit and stay or go. Or, you know, what, what about Jalen Hurts? We'll talk about politics, you know? And we'll talk about who's going to be the next favorite after, after Mayor Kenny. we got a really good opportunity here for this, you know, most recently the 7 to 8 hour. But I know the podcast is going to blow away, and you don't get a chance to get... Alexa Krause and Joe Doc on Saturday nights all the time. We really are lucky. The labor movement's lucky, and I think there's more and more people listening to this. I got about 20 people that have already texted or called and wanted to know what the show was about tonight. And some of them are as far away as Maryland. The John Doherty Hour. Back in a moment. Portions of tonight's edition of The Labor Show are sponsored by Plumbers Local 690, Sheet Metal Workers Local 19, Iron Workers Local 401, and SEIU Local 32BJ, District 1201. This whole nonsense about not giving workers the right to organize with so-called right to work, that's bad. Something like that comes to my desk, I'll be to it, not just because I'm a Democrat, not just because I'm pro-labor, but because I know for a fact that's not very smart. And back here on the John Doherty Hour as we come to you on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. Live, of course. We're always live on a Saturday on a Saturday night along with J. Doc. I'm Joe Krause. Ed Gross, Executive Director of the Greater Philadelphia Hotel Association, will be our leadoff hitter uh, tonight in the John Doherty Hour. One quick reminder, reference to our breaking news. President Trump could joining us on Saturday night, July 31st. He will be with us, J-Doc, for the full hour of the John Doherty Hour. Uh, we'll effort through Frank Keel to do a two-hour special that night with John Doherty, where hour number one will lead into the Richard Trumka Hour. And on that note, I toss back to our host, John Doherty, and Ed Gross is on the line. Uh, John, joining us here in hour number, or the first uh, half hour uh, of hour number one, or hour number two of the John Doherty Hour. Yeah, let me tell you about, if you don't listen to this radio show, you probably never hear about Ed Gross. Okay? He runs the Hotel Association in Philly. I've had an opportunity to deal with him on multiple occasions. We talk about just quietly effective. Basically, what he does, he has all the hotels under his umbrella, but bars and restaurants and workers depend on that. I mean, he's done a nice job at working with the mayor and a series of mayors to make sure that we get a tremendous amount of new hotels. And if you take a look, we've got big hotels popping up everywhere. And before the pandemic, if I'm not mistaken, we had about 11 on the horizon. And uh, he's just a flat-out nice guy. He's not somebody that, you know, if he's in a meeting, you're going to hear him speak up too many times. But when he speaks up, people listen. I know the, ho- I know the hospitality industry, you know, uh, listens to him. I know the political industry listens to him. And I know the mayor listens to him. 
So I'm just glad he took another Saturday night out to join us, you know, on the radio show. I just want to welcome Ed and thank him for taking Saturday evening and spending with us. John, thank you for having me. I really appreciate uh, the opportunity to uh, to talk to you tonight. It's been uh, it's been a great uh, it's been a very interesting time in our in the history of Philadelphia. So it's uh, you know we've been very busy and and uh, I I really appreciate you reaching out to me to ask me to be on your show. So Ed, uh, like you just said, it's been a very interesting time. No industry has been hit harder than your industry. Okay. Who in, a, in their right mind could have ever imagined a year where the hospitality industry, uh, the hotel industry, uh, tourism industry was going to be hit like it has? Just a devastating time. But you have uh, major efforts going on to restart the tourism and hospitality industry. Talk about that, if you would. Sure. You know, this, we were hitting on all cylinders, you know, February 2020. Things couldn't have gone better. We were experiencing record occupancy, record uh, record ADR, which is average daily rate, and, and our hotels were doing very well. They were higher. You know, we were full full employment in the hotels, and then all of a sudden, everything came crashing down in the beginning of March. Um, however, a year and a half later, you know, we're we're on our way back. Um, although we still have a ways to go, and uh, you know, when I talk to my hotels, what I'm hearing is that the weekends. They're starting to see business come back. That means, you know, the leisure guests are coming. And, you know, all we need to happen next is our group business and our, our uh, business segment to come back. And then, and then, you know, we'll definitely be on the road to recovery. And I, and I want to take you back in, uh, in pre-pandemic and just get your comment. You know, decisions and actions sometimes that we do today, we don't often realize the benefit or the results uh, of those actions in, until much later. Um, I want to ask you about the convention center, and I want to ask you about the convention center customer satisfaction agreement. Um, I think John Doherty was probably incredibly influential in getting that done. Um, and I bring that up just for the sheer reason that um, the convention center operating is one of the one of the reasons why the hospitality industry is what it is in Philadelphia. Well, you know, I think, uh, I think your statement about John Doherty being very influential, I think is an understatement. I think he was a major reason why uh, that new customer service agreement was signed back in 2014. And I can tell you that we're seeing the benefits of that now. Prior to 2014, I would go on sales missions with our friends at the PHLCVB, and I'd hear firsthand from the meeting planners how upset they were with us. And the, um, you know, John Doherty, along with the, the leadership of the convention center, John McNichol and, and Greg Fox, and, um, amongst others, you put together that, that, that uh, customer satisfaction agreement, and it has, I have seen things turn around. If you would have told me that things are going as well as they are now at that convention center back in 2010, I would have never believed it would ever happen. And I, you know, I, when I talk to meeting planners now, they could not be happier with what they're seeing at our convention center. You know, and I'll give you an example. You know, pre, pre-CSA, I spoke to one meeting planner in particular who said she would never come back to the state of, or the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania. Um, and now, you know, that, that was a meeting planner for True Value Hardware. 
and now they're you know they have books they have booked a, a convention you know after the CSA was signed they have you know agreed to bring their convention back to Philadelphia and we're seeing things like that happen and we never thought that was going you know we never you know us you know in the hotel community we never thought that was going to happen and I think you know 2014 was a very pivotal year for us with the new CSA and the convention center you know it's it's rarely talked about at the hotel association meetings because it's working. And, you know, the shame of it is, is there's been a lot of turnover in my, you know, the hotel industry, we cycle through our general managers every five years. A, a general manager usually stays place for five years and then moves on to another city. And, you know, it's one of those things that I make sure that we constantly um, remind our new, you know, the new people when they come to town how great things are going at the convention center because, you know, I want them to know, you know, that, that it's the convention center is a true partner of ours. Um, I'm constantly either texting or, or speaking with John McNichol. Um, you know, I attend their meetings and, uh, it is just a much better relationship than what we've ever had. And, you know, I, you know, I'm, and I'm not just saying this because I'm on his radio show, but I'm, I give John Doherty, uh, the majority of the credit for making that happen. John? Well, we're, we're part of a team. He mentions John McNichol, who runs the convention center. He's the management head. He's the executive director. He's the, the chief operator there. He's been through a ton of people. As like Eddie said, you know, people change, and he's had some great partners. I mean, the people who have, you know, ran the hospitality industry in this town you might want to touch some of them names. They they all they all go to greater heights after Philly. They use Philly as their springboard to go someplace else. But he's had some good partners. The hotel people, the general managers, they, they work with us. They work with our efforts. Very infrequently do you see any work issues, okay, at these hotels with us. And and I and I always say that because there's a, there's we're able to pick the phone up and communicate. And that that is, hasn't always been the case. You know, the, the hospitality community and the labor unions, we understand. 80,000 jobs are on the sidelines during a pandemic. We understand that, you know, our people make a lot of money when this place is working. And we needed to change the rules. And I had good partners there. Don't forget, you know, I had Michael Barnes, who's on the show quite often. Michael loves this industry. lives it every day. He's been promoted up to the zoo. He's now, like, the international guru for, for uh, new business for the IIT people. I, that's a union. You got Sam State, and we spoke about him with the training center, but he was also a partner in all the changes, you know, that we made here. So we had good friends, good families, good people down there, and Ed was part of it. And, and again, it's, it, it's funny how many times we sat together and we didn't even talk, but we, if it came time to, you know, vote, we would all be on the same side because we understand. Look, East Market Street, Ed knows that's IBEW and Union Edgemite. That was a vision. We haven't even been able to maximize the effects of that yet because it hit the pandemic, you know, right where it was kicking in. We got a massive $800 million Thomas Jefferson building going up, which is going to be one of the, that and the new Penn building will be two of the premier medical establishments on the East Coast. That's going to be part of the East Market Street complex. And again, pre-pandemic, I used to talk about it all the time. Walk up Market Street, East Market Street on a Sunday night. After an Eagles game, it was crowded. You know, the Iron you know, also, Brewery was mops, you know? Go ahead. Ed. I'm sorry. I also want to bring up, I remember, you know, I remember in convention center meetings, you know, John Doherty 
talking about the importance of private management and how the convention center, um, you know, would function a lot better. And I think that, you know, bringing on SMG was also a, a very smart move. And, you know, the things that they've been able to do for us, you know, are great. And, I, you know, we live and die by our convention center in the hotel industry. Our, our convention, you know, a hotel, the hotels are, you know, our business is based on three different segments. We have our business segment, we have our leisure segment, and we have our group segment. And we rely, you know, it's, it's pretty much split up a third, a third, a third. And if any one of those segments is hurting, then the hotel industry hurts. And I think the average Philadelphian doesn't realize the importance of that convention center and that the you know and what an economic engine it is for our city. And Andy, I'll tell you, I'll tell you a funny story, guys, and uh, it goes way back. Uh, you know, myself and Peter Luco, who was another significant name, he was involved with running Comcast, all the growth down there. Uh, I mean, the Spectacore, Comcast Spectacore. You know, he was the main guy with the Flyers, but he did a great job with the Sixers. I mean, he's just a good guy. He's still in the hospitality industry. Uh, myself and Peter were receiving some award. award. I, I forget where. It was like Thursday night. I forget what even what the award was, but we were sharing a stage. He got up and spoke about, you know, what uh, he thought we should be doing, and I, I got up and spoke about what I thought we should be doing, right? He, he talked about having a greater role, and I talked about giving private management you know, control of the center and other places. This was like 20-some years ago. And you'll laugh at this. Probably the ultimate gentleman, the guy who never said a bad word, was a guy by the name of Bob Buchanan. And he was an early convention center head, and he was very prominent elected official and, you know, philanthropic guru. Uh, he called me up the next morning and cursed me out. Like, I'd never been cursed out by anybody. It's probably the worst verbal beating I ever took. So I want to let you know, there was a lot of passion about the people running it back then, but I always thought that it would be much better if we took the politics and the, the uh, how can I put it, the, the, just the, the, the old Philadelphia way, okay, uh, out of it and let somebody who understood the hospitality industry run it. Ed Gross, Executive Director of the Greater Philadelphia Hotel Association. Ed, let me give you last word. We have about 45 seconds till we get to the break. Uh, let me give you last word before we close it out. Sure, thank you. I mean, you know, we've been through some rough times, and, uh, you know, we're about uh, a little over a year into it, but we're on our way back. We're going to get through this. We're going to be, you know, we'll be stronger because of it. And, you know, once, you know, once, we, once business starts to come back, once our office buildings are occupied again, people will start to travel, and we're going to get through this just fine. Hold on tight, Ed. It's going to be a busy fall, my friend. Well done by you. Great stuff and a great contribution here on the John Doherty Hour. Thank you very much. Good stuff from Ed Gross, J. Doc. We'll get to our commercial break. On the other side, big news. More big news. Portions of tonight's edition of The Labor Show are sponsored by Sprinkler Fitters Local 692, Iron Workers Local 405, and Steam Fitters Local 420. We're going to try to work with Republicans in a bipartisan way to find solutions to what really is not working. And back here on the John Doherty Hour, special thanks to Ed Gross, Executive Director, Greater Philadelphia Hotel Association. Association. He's not on anymore, Jay Doc, but he's still listening. Our next guest 
here on the John Doherty Hour. Uh, Chris Branscombe is joining us. He's the CEO of the Eastern Pennsylvania Youth Soccer Association. John Doherty, big news about the 2026 World Cup. We're going to pass on that information in just a moment. Uh, I know you're thrilled that Chris is with us. Yeah, I don't really know Chris personally, but I know that what they do. And again, soccer does a great job of keeping kids occupied. And also, in, if you play it well enough, you can you continue your education based on your soccer talent. You know, I went to the prep, and uh, soccer was a big thing up there. And we had the, the, the Vinny brothers, who it seemed like every year they they just one more after another was popping at the prep and, and, and carry that team on and on the, the all kind of victories. Uh, but I know what he's going to tell us is that we made another cut in our efforts to get the you know World Cup. I've been involved in every single, in the last 20 years, anything that the Philly wanted, I've been involved one way or the other. So it was funny, I was talking to the mayor the other day, and the mayor was picking my brain about, you know, some of the things that they were doing to get the World Cup. And look, I, I had been on his side when we, we chased some of the Amazon work product, was there when we chased the Pope, the Republican, and Democratic National Conventions, when we, had, when we were chasing all-star games and things like that. And the Philadelphia building trades have become really adept at not only, you know, helping finance these things, but we utilize, you know, a lot of our connections across not only the region, the country, to help facilitate that. And some of this, you know, having Richie Trump on the phone won't hurt. We can kind of box him in and tell him, wouldn't it be nice to have the World Cup in Philly, you know, and things like that. But uh, it's great that Chris, I'm, I'm looking forward to just listening to Chris tell us what's going on. Let's bring him in. Chris, welcome into the show. You're leading Philadelphia's efforts to host the 2026 World Cup. I'll let you pick it up from there, sir. Well, thanks for having me, guys. It's a privilege to be on the show. Uh, first, I'd say I'm not the leader. David Cohen is our chairman, and it's a great guy to have leading any effort. Uh, he's, he's been awesome to work with and, and for during this process. Um, at your last guest, Ed. Ed's been part of the process as well. He's uh, we have three different councils that we work with, and he's part of our executive leadership council. You know, we couldn't do this without him and the whole hospitality industry. Um, I mean, the bottom line, this is the world's premier sporting event, and Philadelphia deserves to be one of the host cities in 2026. So, so Chris, um, from what I understand, we're, we're, uh, we just made it. Philly just made it through the final eight U.S. cities still in contention. What do you think the shot, uh, the, the, the chances are that we got a shot at this thing? Well, uh, let me, I'll back up a little bit. We're, we're still in the hunt for the final selection of 10 American cities. It's a, it's a three-country bid with Mexico and Canada. Mexico will get three cities. Canada got three cities. But just earlier this week, Montreal dropped out. So... That could be good news for us. We hope that America picks up an 11th city. Uh, there's still a total of 17 cities. Um, you know, we're, we're right there in the fight with, with Baltimore, Washington, um, you know, and a lot of other cities, but they're the ones nearby. We think, you know, obviously New York is a given. Um, but we have a great chance. Philadelphia has one of the best soccer histories of any city in the country. Uh, we on this call all know what a great city it is for the hospitality industry, for hosting major events. 
I mean, you, you already mentioned the papal visit, the NFL draft, uh, Republican and Democratic conventions in the past, uh, all the different events down at the convention center. We do it as well or better than anybody across the country. And putting on, you know, five or six World Cup games, I think it, it's just going to be tremendous for us. And, uh, I mean, it's like hosting six Army-Navy games over the course of three weeks. It, well, it'll it, be it, that successful. Chris, and I mean, by, let's talk about Joe. Go ahead. The Army, by the way, the trades we're involved in, you know, we've had multiple four-star generals, you know, in town, you know, that spend a little bit of time with us. And when you talk about soccer, when you talk about lobbying, you talk about Army-Navy games, you talk about NBA All-Star games, you'd be shocked how many Philadelphia building trades craftspeople either coach or involved or raise funds for for years, not just most recently. And that's why we've had some impact. In fact, Chris, just so you know, the mayor actually told us he was going to send us a letter. He was asking us to be, you know, a, a big partner with the city now because he thinks that, you know, he's got a shot at the final penny. You guys have done a great job. And I think that, uh, you know, he might be inviting us in a little bit to try to help out. you got people like Michael Barnes and Ryan Boyer who have national profiles now. You know, guys are really good at what they do, too. And, again, anything we can do, I would love to have the World Cup here. And I think it's just great. And, and, and I have a gentleman who is his name's Brian Burrows. He's the president of Local 98. He also handles the convention center. But before that, he ran a lot of, you know, big sporting events. And a couple of the uh, pre-World Cup games and things like that, he went up to New York and did them. He said it was just amazing. He said just, it's just a whole different level. You know, and you, you understand the old soccer, what it means. You know, just like, hey, it's funny. I never really played it, but I watch it all the time. You know, the Euro Cup, and, you know, probably tonight I'll pop in to see, you know, what the scores of the games are tonight. I know, you know, the USA plays Heidi Meyer and things like that. It's just it's just something special. It's just different. And Talk all, again, like you said. John, let's look at this in comparison to a Super Bowl. Um because this is a, a worldwide event, number one. Um, you know, let, talk about two things, Chris. What it will mean to world soccer if America hosts uh, you know, part of the World Cup, and number one. And number two, what does this compare to a Super Bowl in regards to an event? Yeah, well, when we hosted the World Cup in 94, which a Philadelphian was a major center uh, you know, to the to that bid process, a guy named Werner Fricker. I'm sure you might remember Mr. Fricker. Um, but he was the president of U.S. soccer and brought the World Cup here in 94. We missed out. We didn't have the right stadium or infrastructure at the time. Um, but the 94 World Cup to this day is the highest grossing event that FIFA has ever put on. So imagine what we're now going to be able to do in 26. It's, it's going to be incredible um, what all the host cities will do. And, um, I mean, as far as a, comp- a comparison to the Super Bowl, um, you know, in terms of a, you know, viewership, um, ticket sales, it's, it's like multiple Super Bowls over the course of a one-month period. So yeah, Brian Barrows worked that worked, you know, he traveled and were handled in 94. That's what I, you know, I was making reference to. He just said it was amazing. And, again, Expendable income, there was tons of it everywhere. You know, people, everybody was buying their shirts, everybody was drinking, eating, it was just, again, and we're good at this. Philadelphia would be perfect, and we're better prepared for it today than ever. Chris, are we in a position, uh, candidly, uh, 
are we in a position to win it, do you think? Or just getting to where we are may be, may be the end of the line. Where, where is the reality in that? Of us being successful in the bid or the team winning the World Cup? No, 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 being successful in the bid. <laughs> yeah, in the bid. Um, yeah. yeah I, I, I work on both sides of that equation. Um, we have a great chance. You know, it's 10 cities. We have to just be number 10. Um, you know, we have one of the greatest stadiums, and the, the Eagles have been exceptional partners through all this. The field crew at the stadium is world-renowned, and the field, the pitch, that's a very important piece of this. You know, you, you, you've got to have the right field surface for the players. Um, and, and even our practice facilities, which are going to be the Novacare Complex, um, the Subaru Park where the Union play, uh, Rhodes Field at the University of Pennsylvania, and then there's a special project um, at FDR Park, which I think you guys know of the, the renovations that are going to take place there over time. But we pledged that we would build uh, a, a training facility, a first-class training facility to FIFA specifications, which I don't think any other city is doing that right now. So I, I think that what we have, our total package, again, it's, it's one of the most walkable cities. We've got the transportation, the Broad Street line is, is perfect for all the great hotels we have to get people down to the stadium. Um, and again, everybody throughout the city is part of these discussions. Everybody in every, um, you know, industry and trade uh, and, and, and city government, state government, they're all part of this. And they just know how, how important it is to Philadelphia, again, as a world-class city and a, and a sporting venue. Chris, when's the decision being made? Well, it was supposed to be made at the end of this year. We were told back in the wintertime after multiple false starts because of COVID um, that we were going to have a site visit happen sometime around now with the decision made by FIFA at the end of 2021. Um, this is the first Men's World Cup historically that FIFA will run head to toe. It used to be a local organizing committee from the host country would put everything together. They're not doing that anymore. So, um, of course, with COVID, they've been pushed back on a lot of events. You mentioned the European Championships, uh, which you know finish up on Sunday, um, which will be a great game, Italy and, and England. If, if you've never experienced world soccer, watch that game tomorrow. Um, but they just announced with the Montreal decision that they are pushing back the announcement to first, possibly second quarter of 2022. So, you know, we, we started this. Uh, I joined on with Larry Needle at the CVB in 2016. So, you know, this just is the, the never-ending bid. Um, so, but we will be more than ready for the site visits this fall. Um, we're going to need everybody's support in the city to come out. We want to show the FIFA executives how incredible we are at everything we do. Um, and, and we want to have people cheering on the streets, be at the hotels clapping, uh, whatever we can do to, to prove our case, um, which, again, I, I think it's as good or better than anybody else in the world. Chris Branscone joining us here on the John Doherty Hour, CEO, Eastern Pennsylvania Youth Soccer Association, on the hunt for the host city uh, of the World Cup. Chris, great stuff. John, if you, I don't know if you have last uh, last word. We've got about a minute before yeah, we go to the break. Just so you know, Chris mentioned some names there. Larry Needle has been doing a wonderful job. You know, Larry was instrumental in keeping the Army-Navy games in this region and cutting the deal that 
you know, gave us a four out of six years or so. And he's also married to Amy Needle, who's a tremendous person who we partner with at Franklin Square. We're one of the biggest sponsors there. All them little Franklin Squares add up to our ability to go get the World Cups, you know, and things like that. And by the way, Chris, just so you know, there's a tremendous amount of construction that's still going to move forward. You know, we're down at Broad and Packard. Not even, you come back in three years, four years, it's not even going to look anything like that. There's all type of future. You know, world-renowned hotel looking to pop up down there. They're still looking to do the, uh, the game setting down there. I mean, it's going to be big. It's going to be good. And I think that, like you mentioned, like I like to call the lakes. You know, I grew up playing down there. Uh, that's called, that whole region... And don't underestimate how beautiful and how efficient that Navy art is. And that's still growing. It's another place that's going to have multiple restaurants, hotels, and people can just get lost in there. It's another world inside Philadelphia that nobody knows about. So who do you like tomorrow, Chris? Let's get to the chase. Italy, do, do, do we, they beat England tomorrow or what? England is coming back. It's going to be their, their first major trophy since 1966. Um, I, think they, I think they're going to do it. They're playing at home in Wembley Stadium in front of 60,000 people. Uh, I, I, don't, I don't think they can lose. I, I hope I'm not jinxing them, but, but I, that's who I'm pulling for. Big game tonight, too. You have Argentina, Brazil, and the Copa America, South America's championship. Um, yeah. So, you know, I, another big one. And then you mentioned the U.S. kicking off uh, with Haiti. that They're playing in the Gold Cup. And I just have to add that our, our U.S. team is loaded with Philadelphia-area players. Christian Pulisic from Hershey. we got Zach. Stefan, the goalkeepers from Downingtown, Brendan Aronson, who played for the Union, Mark McKenzie. Uh, this, this is no better time to be a Philadelphia soccer fan or player than now. There's just so many great things happening. And you mentioned great people. If I got a, 10 more seconds, Catherine Outlevel is, is, you know, a dynamo. And working with her at FDR Park, we're, we're building a series of mini pitches around the city so more kids have places to play. So, um, it's, it's a great time to be involved in our sport. Great the stuff. The mayor thinks he's got a shot at this, I'm telling you. Great stuff. We're going to get it. Great stuff from Chris Branscombe joining us here on the John Doherty Hour. Back in a moment. Portions of tonight's edition of The Labor Show with J. Doc and Krause are presented by DC 33, Local 1637, News Guild 10, and IBEW Local 98. Choose an IBEW Local 98 union contractor when planning your next project. And back here on the John Doherty Hour, live here on a Saturday night. A lot of breaking news. Again, AFL-CIO President Richard Trumka will be live with John for the full hour, Saturday night, July 31st. More details to come uh, on that breaking news. And then we covered a lot of other big news with Ed Grossen and Chris Branscombe talking about uh, the World Cup. Pennsylvania Senator Steve Santerserio uh, is now going to join the John Doherty Hour. Doc, uh, Senator Steve uh, Santerserio is going to talk about uh, the biggest hidden gem uh, in the country. It is the apprenticeship program that I am a huge fan of and I want everyone to know about it, it just gets done the right way here in Philadelphia. Well, I won't, I won't spend a whole lot of time introducing them, but uh, the greatest thing I can say is that when my brother Kevin was running for the Supreme Court, okay, and you needed somebody to fill in for him, the guy that we leaned on more than everybody else together was the senator. Okay, and again, you know, you never forget that. Our union members will never forget it. 
I'll never forget it. My dad will never forget it. He just did a great job. He's a great person. If you take a look at his pedigree, okay, he's primed to move up the ladder. And if you take a look, you know, Montgomery County's done a pretty good job. They got a U.S. Senate, Senate uh, candidate. They got a governor candidate. They got, you know, an awful lot of uh, uh, money and people in that area that are all in line with Steve and the way Steve thinks and the way Steve votes. So, you know, it's just good to have Steve. And I know he's going to talk about apprentices and Monday's hosting an event. And uh, a lot of people say they want to be our partner. This guy is our partner. Senator? Well, thank you, guys. Thank you, Doc, for that. I, I really appreciate it. And, uh, you know, Justice Doctor, he's doing a great job and making us all proud. So I was happy to, to, happy to do that. But, guys, the first thing i got to say is I disagree with your, your previous uh, guest, Chris. The Italians are going to beat the English tomorrow. Okay, let's make that clear. All right. Can we get Chris back on the line? Stick, I got to. Yeah, I got to stick up for my paisans. All right. Hey, all right. By the way, so, I'm, a, I'm an Irish guy. I don't vote for the English too often, just for the record. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, let me tell you, Doc. I, I just a, just a quick side. So I'm half Irish. Okay. I, I, so just so you know, when my dad was growing up in the North Part of Newark, all his buddies were Irish, right? And they they told him all the time how, how terrible the English were. He gets to England during the war, right before they ship him over to France, and they turn out to be the nicest people he ever met. <laughs> he said, I don't understand this. But uh, it's, uh, you know, people are people, but uh, the, the Italians are going to win tomorrow, I tell you. So, Senator, so, yeah, yeah. T- talk about, um, you know, what, what Joe Krause said is the, the hidden mm-hmm. gem and what makes labor yeah. really what labor is. Uh, the apprenticeship uh, programs, uh, because it's our, mm-hmm. it, it's the life's blood of who we are. Right. Yeah, no, absolutely right. And, and look, I, I'm a former teacher, uh, like my dad was, and, um, you know, I know the importance of, of, you know, training people and training kids. And, and you know, not every kid going through high school, I, I taught at Ben Salem High School, is necessarily go going to go to college. I mean, some kids want to go right into work and they want to earn money and they want a good career. And the apprenticeship programs give them that option. And the great thing about it is they can earn while they work and they get training like they, they, can, they can get nowhere else. And when they come out, uh, they, they are skilled craftsmen who are going to do a great job on, on whatever work they're doing. And, um, you know, it's important that we get the word out to these kids that the Philadelphia building trades have these amazing programs because a lot of these kids don't know that. And so if we can connect them through their schools, through their towns, uh, to these apprenticeship programs and, and really uh, advertise them in, in, a, in a more substantial way, uh, I think we can get a lot of these kids to go, to go into the building trades and have uh, not just jobs, but lifelong careers uh, that pay well, that offer great benefits and, and retirement benefits. John? No, I just think that uh, the senator has uh, is right on the point with, with the apprentice programs. You know I'm a gigantic fan, and have always been, and I just think that, that people have no idea how talented our kids are. I mean, if you go in some of these facilities, you know, uh, they're, they're sharper than some of the labs you see at the University of Penn. I mean, the teachers we have are on par with anybody that teaches any place in, in the region. The, our programs are great. They're diverse. The facilities, 
you know, we, we talked about the Labor's facility over the last few weeks. I mean, they're all cutting edge. They're all brand new. And I, I have to tell you, they're only getting better. You know, they're, as much as the, the public's starting to realize that, our members want us to be more educated. They want us to change with the times. They want us to, you name it. The, the facility at Local 98 has is basically all virtual education these days. There's a hand-on component because you need it for the job, but we don't count or, or measure or do anything like we used to. You know, everything's done with an iPhone, and, 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 and we're proud of it. You know, and I mean, we can keep up with Google and Amazon any day of the week. And thank you, Steve, for, and thank you, Senator, for doing what you're doing. Because I just want to let no. you know, you've done a great job, and, you know, and, and your future's bright for you. And, and I, I know you haven't decided where you're going to wind up at, but wherever you're at, we'll be at because you remember us all the time. And again, you, you know, uh, it's, it's funny. He's such a good friend of the labor movement that he helps every union. Now, there's guys out there that more liberal unions, the ASMEs, the SEIUs, people are big fans of theirs. You know, the building trades, you know, and our new motto is building trades friendly, you know, and there's people that just really lean on us and don't really care about some of the other unions. This guy absolutely gets along with everybody, even to the point where some days we wrestle over certain votes with him. But he's a really good guy. Thank you for hosting The Apprentices and, and doing what you're doing. And, and make sure every chance you get to speak about it, based on what you hear and see, you have to continue because, you know, people think that we're still in the 1960s. The Philadelphia building trades are as sharp and as diversified and prepare for the future as any business in the Commonwealth. Yeah, Senator, that's, you that's, get last word, sir. Yeah, if I may, I, that's absolutely right. And thank you, Doc. I mean, I... Look, I, when I was a township supervisor in my town, um, we passed the Responsible Contractor Ordinance because we wanted to make sure that the people the town hired to do its work were actually well-trained. And, you know, the truth of the matter is when you have uh, the building trades doing work, whether it's building a school, uh, whether it's building a, a new sewage treatment facility like the Morrisville Authority is going to do, and I think uh, we're going to have a PLA there for that work, they're getting the best work possible. It's being done on time, on budget, and it doesn't have to be redone later on. And we've had examples here in Bucks County with some some of the schools where they've hired they've hired non uh, non building trades uh, contractors, and they've had to redo projects, and it's cost them more money over time. So not only is this great for employing young people and giving them careers, but it also helps the taxpayer at the end of the day because they're getting skilled people who are going to do the job uh, done, done and done right the first time. And, and that's, I think, an important piece of this, too. We shouldn't forget. Well done, well stated. Senator Steve Santoserio joining us here and finishing it up for us tonight on uh, the John Doherty Hour. Senator, well done, sir. Thank you so much, man. Well, thank you, guys. I really appreciate it. Great stuff from Senator Steve Santoserio joining us. John Doherty, got about 45 seconds to come to you before we say goodbye, sir. Phillies won. Uh, I don't know if they're buyers or sellers. I can't <laughs> thank. I know they're forty-three. I know they're forty-three and forty-four right now. At, uh, a game behind the Mendoza line as they get to the All-Star break. So I'll take it. And, and John, real uh, quick, yeah, I'll, I'll tell you what. I don't think we can win with Vasquez as our number three pitcher. But uh, uh, what do I know? Listen, so I just I, want to thank everybody for spending another Saturday in July with us. It's great. The labor movement's doing well. The Philadelphia building trade. We got it. Hey, Joe, just so you know, we're having a 
We're having our Christmas party in July. We're going to be up at the Ashburner later. All our friends, pop by, say hello. I'll get more information next week. It's the building trades. We're back to norm. We're, we're not missing a beat. And uh, I'm going to tell you, before it gets done, we'll be building everything all over again. Shout out to Frank Keel for helping us put this together, for, for putting the content together and for everything else he does. Yeah, good stuff. Well, gen- well done. Nice and uh, well stated. Frank Keel. That's going to do it for uh, the John Doherty Hour here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. On behalf of J-Doc and, of course, our gracious host, John Doherty. I'm Joe Krause. See you next time, everybody. Portions of tonight's edition of The Labor Show have been sponsored by Sheet Metal Workers Local 19, CWA, Communication Workers of America, and AFSME Local 1739, DC 47. This program is a paid commercial announcement and does not reflect the views of WPHD or its management.